This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. We want to hear from you right now. Text us at 918-262-5072. All right, the Bills just announced since they are playing tonight, by the way, that they are placing Vaughn Miller on IR. So that means that he has to miss at least four games, and the hope is is that they could come back. Now, uh, Brandon Bean from the Bills said that they've been assessing Vaughn this week, see how he is, and they don't want to rush him back. Gives us a chance to go ahead and count tonight's game and three more on injured reserve, and hopefully we can get him back for that stretch run. And... Also, don't forget that this is also the return of one Deshaun Watson. And Matt, if you're asking me what's the deal with Vaughn, well, he's got a uh, lateral meniscus tear. Oh. That's the reason why he's been placed on IR as of right now. What's the recovery time on that bad boy? Probably um, four to six weeks? Yeah, they're thinking somewhere a little in the four-week range. For well, sure. knowing Vaughn, he'll probably try and come back after week three, and then they're going to be like, no. Be careful, though. <laughs> One thing I've learned over the years of doing those segments with uh, Dr. Chris Crane and Dr. Keith Stanley, which is just because it says the time frame here is four weeks or six weeks. Don't could, bank on it. It could be all over the place. Yeah. All right, let's hit up that Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline. And welcome in Barry Lewis from the Tulsa World, who I believe is Barry already there. Or are you on your way to Edmond tonight for the Metro Christian and Heritage Hall game? I'm not already there, but I'm starting out on my way. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll get to that game coming up in a bit. But I, I've got to ask your opinion on 6A1 that we're going to see coming up uh, tomorrow night. Just like everyone drew up, huh? I mean, we all thought from all the injuries that Owasa was going to have that they would find a way, this scrappy bunch, to make it back to the 6A1 game. That's an incredible job that Bill did with his entire staff at Owasso to put themselves in this position. Amazing job. I mean, it's. Uh, I've said all year long, you can never count out a Bill Blankenship coach team, and we've seen why this year. I mean, there's no way – I mean, I don't think anyone saw Owasso except maybe a few inside the Owasso program and um, saw them getting to the championship game uh, after all the adversity they went through earlier in the year and the one and four start. But, uh, wow, what a gritty team the Rams are. And uh, they just find ways to win, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, Barry, how have they done this, though? I mean, how? It's it's so cra- – I heard Bill the other day. We had him on, on Rick's morning show – and Bill said, you know, what's really scary is you're in overtime and you're trying to kick a field goal and you look and you've got a backup long snapper that's in there. You've got your backup holder and you've got a walk-on kicker. He goes, that'll, that'll make you really feel nervous. But there are stories like that all up and down his roster. How has he been able to do this? Yeah, it really is amazing because it's not like it's a team with a lot with people on the field right now that are a lot of D1 players. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, they, had, they had more D1 players on the field last year when they wound up losing in the quarterfinals. So that's why sometimes it's just, you know, it says a lot about chemistry, determination, the intangibles, um, and Owasso's got them. They just, um, in momentum. I mean, once they got started this eight-game winning streak, I mean, they just kept on 
getting more and more confident every week, and they just play so well as a team. They've got great chemistry, and um, they simplified the offense, you know, uh, with Mason Willingham. That fact he does it all, <laughs> passing, rushing. Mm. Somewhat like Bixby a little bit with Connor Kirby, I mean, who's a rushing leader too. I mean, it's really interesting. You've got two quarterbacks in this matchup who are really good passers, but they're also their team's leading rusher. So, uh, Awasa, oh, yeah, uh, their linebacker, it's a defense that just really plays well together. I mean, it's amazing. They had a lot of D1 talent on the field last year, especially on defense. And you compare last year's defense to this year's, and there's just no comparison. This defense is so much better. Uh, so there's a lot to be said for, for team chemistry. Is there anyone left from their 2019 win at UCO? No, uh, well, Cole Adams. Uh, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, if you could, I mean, he's not, of course he'll be with them on the sidelines, right. and he just like, thing, but he's done everything but play. Yeah. for them after the season ending injury, he's been a great teammate. So he he was a big factor in that 2019 game. He had six catches for 89 yards in what was a real defensive battle. So he's still around, and uh, Emery Neely, their outstanding running back. Um, and a couple of the other seniors uh, suited up but didn't really play in that game. But Cole Adams is really the only Wasso player on the current roster that really had an impact in that game. And, of course, although Cole has not been officially ruled out, uh, you doubt that he's going to be playing tomorrow night. I did like that, though, a little bit from Bill. Bill doing the uh... – you know, just kind of dangling out there a little bit. Uh, he did throw out the term miracle. So, as you said, we more than likely will will not see him there. But uh, still, just a remarkable run. And now they, they match up against Bixby. And, and, Lauren, you had this in your notes. So, Lauren's been involved in state championship games in 17 of his 23 coaching seasons, which is just absurd to think about. Uh, they, they had their adversity, right? They had their 58-game winning streak snapped. And they bounced right back. They were able to avenge that loss. Uh, more proof to this, the type of program that they didn't allow that loss to beat them more than once. And they put it back together. And here they are in the position where a lot of people thought that they would be in anyway, Barry. Yes. Uh, I really liked the, at, when they, the night they lost to Jenks. I really liked what I saw uh, and heard from them after the game that I had a feeling that, you know, they weren't going to be devastated by this loss. And it also helped that they had a bye week to get refocused and reset for the playoffs. But uh, they've, they always seem to have a great mental approach. And, um, uh, yeah, they're back to being Bixby. Although last week the door was left open a little bit for Jinx to repeat their upset. But um, uh, Jinx committed four turnovers. And if there's a key to beating Bixby is you can't commit turnovers or too many penalties. And Jinx was unable to follow its uh, the recipe uh, that it took to its uh, win in week 10. So what type of game do you think we'll see tomorrow night? Uh, I think that it could be somewhat similar to Bixby's win over Jenks last week in mm. the semifinals where it's going to be quite a battle. Awas is going to give Bixby everything it wants, but in the end, Bixby will pull away. But then again, I thought that's what I would see from the Union and Owasso last week. I never, uh, 
And I kept on thinking as the game progressed that the uh, Union was going to finally take command, but it never did. So kudos to Owasso. Uh, Owasso so dominant, not just led 13 nothing at halftime last week, but it totally dominated a really, really good Union team. Uh, only gave up two first downs in the first half. Uh, I think something interesting uh, to look for is how will the six-overtime game that Owasso played last week, how will that factor in as tomorrow's game plays out? Yeah. Later I, in the game. I had never one, seen any. Uh, I, I'd wonder, Barry, if there's going to be some type of like emotional hangover, right, That that's kind of left from that. Uh, to hear Bill talk earlier this week, he kind of looked at it the other way and said, you know, we're kind of playing with house money here going into the championship game. And if there's anyone that's as good as what Bill is with kind of spreading that message to his team and making them believe in that fact that they are playing with house money, uh, I haven't seen one yet because Bill's a master at that. Yeah, I think definitely uh, mentally they'll be ready and uh, they're going to be coming in high and they made up, they very well could get off to a great start, sort of like what Jenks did last week because Jenks was not coming off a six overtime game, but they were coming off an emotionally and physically draining game at Mustang the previous week. And Jenks got off to a great start, but then it seemed to fade. Uh, it's a combination of maybe Jenks fading a little bit and uh, and Bixby just taking over. And that very well could be the case tomorrow, where maybe the six, the physical after effects of the six overtime game may not take effect till later on as the game wears on tomorrow, especially if it's a you know if it's a close game. So. We've never been in this territory before. This is uncharted territory. How does a team respond in a uh, large school classification state championship game after playing six overtimes the previous week? There's no doubt. And it's it's a little weird for everyone in general. Uh, and I think it was Don King who had the note that who had sent me the note. Um, what was it? It's, this has been since 97, right, Barry, that we haven't had a Jinx or Union representation in this 6A1 championship game or 6A championship game uh, at the time. It's a little odd. It's a little bit of a different feeling on this, uh, but but still, what a run that it's been between those two schools. Yeah, it really isn't. It just it didn't hit me right away last week uh, that that 26 year streak had ended because you figured, well, Union for sure probably would, if not both union would keep that streak going of 26 years in a row. And all of a sudden when it's over, it's like, wow, neither union or Jenks are in the champion. <laughs> I mean, cause you expected, you know, it to continue and of all years for it not to continue, this is really surprising, but uh, at least they will keep the streak. Owasso and Bixby have guaranteed keeping the streak of, um, State championships won by an uh, East Side or Tulsa Metro team it will be extended to 27 years. Let's move to uh, 6A2, their game tomorrow afternoon at 1, Stillwater and Choctaw. Uh, is this for Stillwater kind of the, man, finally, Bixby is out of here. Uh, they've had a couple of opportunities uh, to to capitalize on this and have played incredibly well throughout the years. Uh, but that was, a, that was a really good game against Deer Creek, and they're going up against the Choctaw team who knocked off Muskogee. How do you see this one playing out? Wow, I see it playing out. It could be a lot like the 2020 semifinal they played at Owasso, which was a stunner at the time that Choctaw beat Stillwater, which was fairly heavily favored going to that game. We thought going into it we're going to see a, a Bixby-Stillwater matchup for the third straight year in the state final. Instead, Choctaw crashed the party. So you guarantee Stillwater won't be looking past Choctaw this time. 
But uh, Choctaw is a heck of a team. These teams have um, been state runners-up uh, three consecutive years from 18 through 20, and both Stillwater in 19 and Choctaw in 2020 gave Bixby all it wanted going down to the last seconds of each of those games. So um, but this is one of the – for one of these programs, it's their time to break through because neither of them has won a state title since the 60s. So this is uh, – the door is open for them, and uh, one of them's um, going to take advantage uh, and then on Saturday, uh, we've got 5A, McAllister and Carl Alberts. Um, McAllister finding their way here back in the mix, taking on Carl Albert. I remember Coeta's coach saying after they had knocked them off during the regular season that, you know, we feel like that we're going we're gonna to see them again at some point. Unfortunately, Coeta's season ended a little bit earlier to, to Bishop McGinnis, and McAllister had to beat them. Uh, but, man, Barry, I mean, that, that program uh, being in this position again, uh, just continuing to flex their muscles. What 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 a run that they've been on now going up against Carl Albert. Yes, I mean, this is maybe McAllister's a team of destiny uh, because the way it won its first-round game against Collinsville when it looked like Collinsville was going to win it in the final seconds. Uh, only for McAllister's, Chaz Bradley have a 98-yard pick six to save the day. And then last week, I thought McGinnis was going to run McAllister out of Allen Trimble Stadium mm. the way the game started out. I thought McGinnis, anyway, with McAllister without Eric McCarty, the OU commit, I thought McAllister was in big trouble. And the way McGinnis started the game, I thought this is like Coeta McAllister all over again. <laughs> McGinnis was up 15 early, and then all of a sudden it's like, Blaze Baugh, who's this guy? You know, all of a sudden he does his Eric McCarty imitation. It just is just an incredible running back uh, performance. 258 yards rushing and three touchdowns, and not only Blaze Bob, but McAllister defense was great the rest of the game after the first quarter. And I, no way did I think McAllister, that was almost as surprising to me, McAllister beating McGinnis since McAllister was out, Eric McCarty. That was almost as surprising to me as Owasso beating Union. Um, McAllister throws every trick play in the book at you. They play to win. Uh, most of their trick plays work. And it's that type of attitude um, that it takes, that it will take to beat uh, Midwest City Carl Albert. To 4A, and it's like back to normal, right, with Wagner here in the final, uh, Coach Condit and the job that he's done. But this Cushing team who beat Wagner 42 to nothing, then Wagner goes on and wins its final four games of the regular season, uh, got through the first three rounds of the playoffs. Uh, I, look, it's a great redemption story, and, and Dale has talked about that, about having to overcome a loss like that and getting back to this point. Like, Cushing just seems like they're on another level this year. But I, I can't put anything ba- past, or you can't bet, a bet against Dale Condit and Wagner in a game like this, even though that's how good that Cushing has been. Absolutely. It's just like with Bill Blankenship. It's like never going to count out a Dale Condit team out. Uh, I don't uh, – this Wagner year reminds me a lot of Jenks in 2018 and 2019 when I get asked throughout the season, like, what's wrong with Jenks? And this year I'd be getting a lot, what's wrong with Wagner? And I said, nothing's wrong with Wagner. Look at their three losses. They lost two games in the last seconds to outstanding teams, Grove and Coweta, and uh, teams that went undefeated in the regular season. And then their other loss was the Cushing, which is just seems like it is on another level. Uh, and you look at the Wagner defense. I mean, the last seven games, They've averaged allowing like 60 yards a game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Incredible numbers. <laughs> After the Cushing game when they got, you know, 
when Cushing scored 42, although holding Cushing to 42 looks pretty good now. <laughs> so holding in quotation marks. But Wagner's defense has just played lights out. It gives it a chance to win. If Wagner can avoid turnovers, control the clock, um, they've, got, they've got a chance to pull off an upset if they can slow down the pace. Because this matchup doesn't uh, – the previous two weeks when Wagner was playing Tuttle and Poto because the styles that those teams play on offense – I think um, those those really helped Wagner. Those were good matchups for Wagner. This is not a good matchup this week against Cushing. But if any coach and his staff can find a way and program can find a way to overcome that, uh, it would be Wagner. Because uh, so, they have so much state championship experience, they expect to win. And uh, so stuff can happen. I mean, I remember last year, Owasso beat Broken Arrow by 38 in the reg- or 39 in the regular season, and Broken Arrow won the rematch in the playoffs. So uh, anything's possible. Uh, the game that you're going to see coming up a little bit later tonight uh, has all the makings of another good one as well. That's Metro and Heritage Hall. So H- Heritage goes on a really good run there from 14 to 18. Metro's on trying to win, what, their third in, in four years, uh, first one in 3A. So you've got two really good teams that have – championship level experience throughout their program um just the built-in kind of the dna of the program but but metro and, and kirk francis uh this year and the offensive numbers that they've put up so far this year have been otherworldly uh, i'd like metro tonight um but again uh, just a great matchup with having heritage all back in the mix it really is and um Kirk Francis at Metro, it's really incredible the numbers. He and Cushing's quarterback, Blaze Berlowitz, they put up like almost identical numbers, just out of incredible numbers. And um, Kirk Francis, he's got that state championship game experience. I, for the most part, I think this is a pretty even matchup. But Metro, this is really weird to say since Heritage Hall has such a tradition, but this group of Heritage Hall players doesn't have the championship game experience that the Metro players do. So I think that there's something to be said for that. Uh, Heritage Hall only has five seniors. Metro Christian's got a, got a lot more seniors than that. So I think um, that's going that could give the Patriots the edge. So it's just a fascinating matchup. And the fact that here are two powers, private school powers, just perennial powers, and they haven't played in almost 40 years, and uh, which was sort of similar. Um, Metro had never beaten Kasha or Lincoln Christian before, and you could have said the same thing about no, you know, they didn't play them very much either throughout the years. So uh, it's it's a fun matchup. It is indeed, Barry. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy what is uh, a pretty incredible little run of games that you get to see uh, there in Edmond, and we always appreciate your time here on the Blitz, man. All right. Thanks for having me on. Have a good day. Uh-huh. That's Barry Lewis joining us here on the Blitz 1170 via the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Hotline. Championship Week end, Matt, is upon us. Now, there's another one coming up the next weekend after that, but a lot of really intriguing games on the high school front starting tonight with Metro and Heritage. Have, seriously, have you seen some of the offensive numbers? Uh, yes, I have. That Metro's put up? Yeah. Have you covered them this year? Uh, I think I did Lincoln Christian. Okay. Yeah. And they put up, they rushed for like 400 yards in one game. Kirk has thrown for over 3,700 yards and 53 TDs. To you, just found your quarterback. They've got a kid <laughs> that's got 54 catches for 1,100 yards and 16 touchdowns. 
They've got uh, the Campbell kid who not quite 900 yards, but 15 touchdowns. He also has 34 receptions for six touchdowns as well. And listen, Heritage Hall is nothing to just kind of wave off here, but man, Metro has been putting up some unreal numbers and Jared McCoy and the job that he's done there uh, is otherworldly. All right, it's 223. We'll take a timeout. It's the 67th minute. Japan is leading Spain 2-1 to one right now in the World Cup in Group E action. Kobe Daniels, I believe, will join us next because we are out early today at 4.30 for OSU basketball taking on UConn. Coming to you live from the Ice Chili House Studios, serving four generations of Tulsa since 1908. This is the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.